Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. James Marilat, Rachel Veal, hanging out with you. DMAC soon to be joining us from St. Louis. He's currently at Morning Skate for the St. Louis Blues, so he's going to fill us in on all the drama that is happening out there near the arch. So, James, first of all, how was your weekend? It was great. It was great. As always, it was uh, kid sports. Let's see, what did I have? I had flag football. I had nine-on-nine football. I had basketball, and I had baseball. So we kind of – we covered – Literally covered all the bases this weekend. It was good. How was yours? It was good. So I need to ask. Obviously, we had talked earlier last week about one of your kids. I believe it was football. Was it flag football that was supposed to have a rescheduled game that was going to then be played in the snow? Did it end up happening? Nope. Nope. It was delayed from like the – we had like hurricane force winds like a month or so ago. And this the field was right off Highway 93. So anybody who's lived here a long time knows like – that's where there's always like high wind warnings. And we, uh, we were trying to play in that. They played one game and finally threw up their hands after a porta potty blew into the parking lot and hit one of our parents' cars. So they said they canceled the second game. So that was rescheduled for Friday night. We got snowed out in the blizzard. I don't think that game's ever going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, hopefully the snow is done and we can just have sunny summer weather here in Colorado. But let's go into our weekend roundup now of everything that you need to know about Colorado sports for this weekend. So the Colorado Rapids hosted the Seattle Sounders on Sunday. And we're going to see a quick goal. Not sure if it's an own goal from Johnny Lewis or from Seattle, but here we go. Bring it up. And boom. See, not exactly sure who's getting credit for this. I believe Jonathan Lewis did, but it also kind of looks like an own goal by Seattle. Then we also got our weekly Rockies check-in there down at the bottom of the NL West. And, you know, we just kind of got to live with that now, it seems like. So, again, our weekly check-in. And they will play the uh, Mets – or they lost the series to the Mets this weekend, excuse me. And then they will play the Pittsburgh Pirates again this week along with the Nationals. So, James – you got something to say. I know it. I love it. So, well, the Rapids. I always got to come with the Rapids fact. With I love it. I know you're going to I know you're gonna break that out on me. So, I believe that's 23 consecutive home games with, without is. a loss. It so, is. they are uh, they are rolling. Another uh, another shutout for Yarbrough. So, yep. you know, they just uh, continue to move up the table there. James, I'm so proud. My Rockies – or my <laughs> Rockies. My Rapids heart is so happy right now. Thank you so much. All there right. you go. Well, the other big game on the weekend was obviously the Colorado Avalanche for game three in St. Louis against the Blues. Like I said, we're going to have DMAC joining us here. They get the win 5-2, James. But it seems like while it was a good game on the ice, it seems like all the drama carried over after the game. Jordan Biddington throwing a water bottle at Nazem Kadri um, after he was injured. We've actually got a video, too, to show you real quick about Nazem trying to look, and I guess I want your opinion on this too, to not run into Jordan Biddington, but it kind of just went that way, right? I mean, he obviously is leaning with his stick, but it seems like he was trying to turn to not hit anybody. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a loose puck in front of the goal, and it's him and a defender, and they're both going after it, and, you know, they get tangled up, and they end up running into Bennington. Like, I just watch this, and I see no fault at all on the part of Kadri. Like, he's going for the puck. They get tangled up right there, and then they all tumble into into Bennington. So it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but it's the kind of play you see a lot. I don't think it's really all that unusual. It's the fact that it's Nazem Kadri that's getting all the attention, that his reputation precedes him. But we talked about it on the postgame show, and I sat in with Tyler last Friday, 
and we talked a lot about this, that Nazem Kadri needed to be Nazem Kadri, right? The first couple games he was playing like someone who was trying to not get in trouble and, you know, uh, not live up to his reputation, and he was completely ineffective, no, a total no-show. This game, he's right in the middle of it, literally and figuratively, and lo and behold, he has a goal and an assist, and the Avs won a game in which they kind of got outplayed. I mean, you look at the scoreboard that you put up. Statistically, they got, you know, outshot, they got out hit, but they get the 5-2 win. So Nazem Kadri needs to Nazem Kadri. He's a better player when he does it. The Avs are a better team when he does it. I don't think it was dirty at all, but was it on the, uh, you know, right there near the line? Was it something that's going to get under the blue skin? Well, yeah, and obviously it did. I have no issue with, uh, you know, them being upset with the water ball to- water, water, water bottle, easy for me to say, tossing. You know, is it mature? No, but I get it. Frustration and, you know, you're being competitive. No, no harm, no foul. Obviously, it's gone to a whole other level now with the you know, death threats and the racial comments and all that kind of stuff, which is nonsense and unnecessary and totally unacceptable. But up, up until that, up until the fans took it too far, the you know, kind of animosity between the teams, I love it. That's what series are supposed to be about. That's what the playoffs are about. So sign me up for that. Let the you know, few Yahoo fans hopefully get dealt with by the authorities and uh, we can get on the ice tonight. And hopefully it's Hopefully it's, you know, it's tense tonight. I hope every time Kadri's on the ice, the Blues fans boo him. I, I'm for it. I love that kind of stuff. I, I, I think that just makes for great drama. Okay, so that kind of leads me into the next question is, how many fights do you anticipate us to see tonight on both sides? Well, it kind of depends on how the game goes, right? I think if the Avs, or maybe even St. Louis, but if the Avs have a lead late, I think that you're going to see some guys take a run at Nazem Kadri, especially when the fact that that's going to put the the abs up 3-1 heading back to Colorado that's sort of their chance to get their revenge on home ice in front of the crowd give them something to cheer about even if the game is 4-1 or whatever the case may be so I don't think you'll see it early I don't think you're going to see like we saw in the regular season where it's you know just immediately drop the gloves and and go after it it's that's not going to happen in the postseason but the third period could be interesting that's for sure too much on the line for him to just drop gloves right away obviously trying to get the win. But if you're Nazem Kadri, are you a little nervous? Like He's obviously a competitor. He's an incredible hockey player. But everyone is watching you and how you're going to act. And if you do one bad thing, who knows what can happen, right? Like, I hate to be the person who says it, but clearly this wouldn't be happening, in my personal opinion, if it was somebody like Gabe Landeskog. I don't think that this entire thing would have blown up to the way that it has. So are you a little bit nervous? One, to get extra hits or extra hard hits, but just two, to be, like all eyes are on you, it feels like. No, I think you're used to it if you're Nazem Kadri, right? He's <laughs> always been the villain. Uh, and, you know, I think when you're that guy and you play that role, you just kind of get used to it. You almost feed off of it. And it's, you know, Bill Romanowski, it's Dennis Rodman, it's Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green loves when the opposing fans get all over him, right? He, he loved it in Denver. He loved it in Memphis. He's loving it in Dallas now. You know, and they're the guys that you love them when they're on your team. You hate them when they're on the other team. And they just sort of thrive on it. So if he's getting under the blue skin, which he clearly is, if he's getting them to do things, you know, that they shouldn't be doing on the ice and extracurricular activities and taking their – you know, their, their, their mind off the game plan. Well, that's to the abs benefit. He's doing his job. And I think he loves that. And really, uh, I think through the first three games, St. Louis has done a really good job of executing. Even the other night they lost and the scoreboard 
looked like it was lopsided. It wasn't as, you know, it, it was closer than that score would indicate. They've executed very well. They've, they pretty well um, negated the abs uh, stars. I mean, we still haven't seen Cam McCarr, Nick McKinnon do much. Uh, Miko Rantanen's been quiet. Kadri got a goal the other night. Landis got, got one in game two. But other than that, the stars have been quiet. So if you can get St. Louis to break their concentration, that's a victory. And if you're wired like Nazem Kadri, look, you're not constantly in the controversy and in the fray and, you know, causing these kind of things. If you're not wired that way, it's just who he is. And if you're wired that way to always cause problems, you're also someone who kind of likes it. You like being in the in the midst of the chaos. So is he going to be nervous by it? No, I think he's going to feed off of it. I just hope he got enough rest last night because obviously there were, they said that there was police outside of the hotel. Like they're taking the death threats and everything very seriously. So hopefully he was able to get some sleep and comes out well rested. We'll wait for DMAC again to join us, but we need to talk about Billy Huso, the goaltender now, obviously in for the St. Louis Blues, but uh, people need to, first of all, skid away from the idea that he is just the backup. No, this man has been a starter, too, for the St. Louis Blues team. This is not going to be a walk in the park now that Jordan Biddington is out. No, I mean, he was the starter most of the year. He was the starter at the beginning of the first-round series against Minnesota. He didn't play particularly well. And then Biddington came in, won the last three against Minnesota, was great in game one against the Abs, even though he got the loss, won game two. So he was 4-1 and one in his five postseason games before he got hurt and played really, really well in all five. So getting the hot goaltender out of there is, is beneficial. But in terms of who's been the better goaltender all season long, yeah, it's been Huso. So this is definitely not, um, you know, you're going to Connor Ingram, who had played like four games before he had to go out there and face the abs. So um, it's not that big of a downgrade at all. Perhaps it's not, it's not one in, in, in the first place. So it's not going to be easy for the abs. I think if you're the Blues, you certainly have some confidence in him because he's the guy that's been between the pipes most of the season. So it, uh, it does not make it an easy path to victory for Colorado by any means. No, not at all. Well, we'll wait again for DMAC to join us, hopefully after morning skate pressers warm up for the Blues. But let's talk a little bit about some of the other drama that's been going on in Colorado, and that's the possibility of Tim Connolly leaving for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, so we heard about this last week. Everyone kind of was shocked by the news. But it makes sense, honestly, for Tim Connolly to leave James if he is going to get a little bit of ownership. Yeah, you know, that rumor came out the day that the the story leaked, which I believe was Wednesday. Haven't heard much about that since. That would be – that's an offer you can't refuse. And I, it's kind of one of those things, Rachel, I will believe it when I see it. You know, you can entice a guy with a lot of money without having to give him an ownership stake, which is something that's just going to continue to go up, up, up in value. Plus, if you give somebody a piece of the action, it makes it tough to move on from if it doesn't work out. Now, you don't go into a relationship figuring, well, how's the divorce going to go? But you do have to kind of think about that. Of That's awkward if Tim Connolly goes up there, doesn't work out, you want to part ways, and he's still showing up at the shareholder meetings. So I'll believe that when I see it, that there's an ownership stake, but you know, we're hearing eight, nine, $10 million a year. That's more than double what he's making uh, with the Nuggets. He's a guy who was the lowest paid GM in, in the league. Once he got the promotion to president of basketball operations, uh, you know, he became middle of the pack. He's deserving of being higher than that. He should be a top five, top 10 guy for sure. So to me, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of, hey, are the Cronkies going to step up and keep the guy who's built this team, built this roster, and let him see it through? Uh, if you're going to go double your salary, you got to take that. And the, the part of it that bugs me as a longtime Nuggets fan is, look, we're used to losing people to, 
New York and LA and Boston and Chicago and Miami and the marquee franchises and marquee markets. This is freaking Minnesota, right? Like it's the Timberwolves. It's a less attractive place than Denver. It's all about money. And people will say, well, the Nuggets, they're committed to winning. I mean, look what they're spending on Jokic and, and Murray and MPJ. And to some extent that's true, but you have to spend money on players. Now you don't have to go into the luxury tax and they'll probably end up in that, but you do have to spend money on players. There's a floor. It's in the collective bargaining agreement. You can't get around that. This isn't major league baseball where you can just, you know, run a, a, a dirt cheap type of a, a operation. So I don't give them a ton of credit for that. You don't have to spend money on front office personnel and mm-hmm. on coaches. And that's where the nuggets and to some extent, the abs have historically gone cheap. They build the $3 million house and then put in linoleum floors, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, so this will just be another example of it. I mean, it's an organization that, you know, for three seasons, three seasons, fans haven't been able to watch the games. They, the Nuggets practice facility is pretty rinky-dink. The Avs practice in a place where they have beer league games before they get on the ice, and you can go play laser tag after you watch the, the practice. I mean, it's a joke. It's in an arcade. So uh, their commitment to winning, I, I think, is uh, <laughs> is certainly something that fans should question, and this would just be the latest chapter in that. Do you have any faith in Kroenke to get it done? Nope, not at all. I, I, have, I have none. And, and look, they'll, they'll spin it of, hey, the pieces are already in place. The heavy lifting has been done. So we'll promote Calvin Booth, and he'll ride out the, the current guys that are there. And to some extent, that's true, right? You got Jokic, assuming he'll sign the Supermax, if Tim Connolly leaves, who he's got a good relationship with, but he probably will. And you got Murray, you got MPJ, you got Aaron Gordon. So you have the big pieces. But, Rachel, the, the, the things that make you a championship team are the glue. It's the glue that goes between those big blocks, right? It's the Robert Ories, the Trevor Arizas, the Steve Kerrs, the John Paxons. Uh, it, it's, the, it's those kind of players, the Jordan Pools. It's, it's, the, it's the, the role guys that, that really in the, in the postseason have to step up and on a you know game here and a game there kind of basis, play a, play a big big part, and that's the part kind of the finishing touches that we need to see uh, Tim Connolly do. Can Calvin Booth do it? Sure, but we don't have any reason to believe that. We're just going off of hope. So I think it would be a shame if if Tim Connolly didn't get to see this thing through. All right, Dmax shortly going to join us. One of the last question for you on this front: Who is worse at letting down Denver sports fans? Is that um, Stan Kroenke or Dick Montfort? I think it's Stan Kroenke. I mean, to some extent, Dick Montfort gets a bad rap, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he gave big money to Tulo and to Arenado, and he gave big, he paid Helton a ton of money to, you know, 140 some million dollars to not even be an all star his last nine seasons here in, in Colorado. Um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't able to re sign Matt Holiday. But he got Carlos Gonzalez in exchange for Matt Holiday in that trade. Cargo's arguably a top five player in franchise history. So, you know, Dick Montfort, a couple of three years ago, they had the 11th highest payroll in baseball. They had the most expensive bullpen in the history of the game. Like, they spend money. They just don't spend it well. And considering it's in a non-salary cap sport, and there really is the haves and the have-nots, given the fact that there's very little revenue sharing in Major League Baseball, I think Dick Montfort, for the most part, spends about as much as you can fairly ask him to spend. I mean, the Cronkies, they're absentee owners. I, I, every time I go to a game, I post a picture of their owner's box, and it's dark. There's nobody there. Um, they don't care. They're just they're going through the motions, and they have a mantra over there. 
we want to win and we want to make money, but it's not in that order. And everybody just has to remember that. It's all about making money first. And then if you can win in the process, great. I don't expect a team to operate in the red. I don't. I don't expect you to lose money. It's a business. And I get that. I, I'm not naive. But you, you can do you, – you're expected to do everything possible short of losing money to win. And the Cronkies don't operate that way. They don't operate that way with any of their teams. And right now that sounds funny because the abs are really good and the Nuggets mm-hmm. on paper are pretty good. But he's been here for more than 20 years. And other than the Stanley Cup team he inherited in year one – they haven't done anything. No, I mean, the Abs have never got past the second round. The Nuggets have been in the Western Conference Finals twice during that time. I guess the Rapids didn't win an MLS Cup in 2010, but they don't throw a parade for that, so I don't count it. I was going to say, and let's be honest, I doubt that they were in attendance. A lot of people have also said, you know, Josh Kroenke, isn't he the one in charge of this team? And yes, but he still doesn't write all the paychecks. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But we want to bring in DMAC because the drama continues in St. Louis. So Blues, Avalanche, round two, Stanley Cup playoffs tonight, game four. And again, we bring in DMAC. Oh, my goodness, DMAC. Look at you. You're looking so good. How are you? Should I tilt the phone the other way? Would it be better? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to, uh, are we going for this ride together? Oh, phone Look at this. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> Coffee break. You never know what you're going to get, right? There you go. Hey, guys, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I think the actions, um, the threats to Kadri are repulsive. Um, I just asked uh, Craig Berube, the coach of the uh, Blues, about it, and his answer was no comment. I don't comment on stuff like that. All right, whatever, man. I mean, you know, to me, that's that's ridiculous. Sorry, I got to touch something here. I, I think that was an opportunity. I think that was an opportunity for the coach to kind of tamper things down. I think it was an opportunity for him to sort of put things in perspective. And his comment was no comment. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you guys think about it. I just uh, a weak moment. Yeah, D-Mac, that's pretty shocking, actually. But DMAC, yeah. I actually think this this plays right into the Avs' hands. Uh, the Blues have done a nice job through three games of executing their game plan, even in game three. I mean, they outshot the Avs. They outhit them. They played pretty well, just the scoreboard didn't reflect it. If Nazem Kadri can, can do what Nazem Kadri does and get under people's skin and get them out of their game, I think that's good for the Avs. I think the fact that Baruby and, and Bennington and everybody seems to be talking about this and thinking about this and distracted by this. I think that's mission accomplished by Nazem Kadri. Okay, well, we'll see what happens tonight. Um, we still have to see what they do for Gerard. I would expect Jack Johnson to play, and I guess McDermott doesn't play, I, I, I guess. But, you know, I think the physical nature of what, what's about to happen tonight, I think it will be the most physical game so far the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I think the Blues are looking for something to rally around, and I think they've chosen this cadre thing to be it. So I like the Avs still. I think they're just a, a better team. But I think it's going to be a heck of a game tonight, and I think it's going to be very, very physical. DMAC, have you seen or talked to anybody with the Avalanche organization about anything that's going on out there? Um, just the statement from uh, the PR people about the fact that they did have to call in law enforcement or felt they needed to. And there was um, uh, other than that, no, because this all happened like yesterday afternoon. So the Avs had a uh, press availability 
which was really kind of light and fun. I mean, because you just don't get many just complete days off. They didn't practice. They had some meetings. They really had tons of time on their hands. So it was, it was kind of a, a chill day. So all this news kind of caught everybody by surprise as it was later in the afternoon when everything was going, going on. I, I will say I was out at the um, Blues practice facility, and they did nothing to tamper things down about the play. I mean, nothing. In fact, just the opposite. They were implying, like uh, Braden Shen, was that it was avoidable. You know, that guys know what they're doing. I think that was a quote. They know what they're doing. And Baruby, the head coach, didn't tamper it down. Bednar said the play with Cadre was the same on Gerard. They were both hockey plays. Bad things happened, but they were both hockey plays, and hockey plays happened. But you have a very different tone from the St. Louis side of things. That's going to amp up this crowd, no doubt about it. Um, and, and I hope we can stay, I mean, the, the ridiculousness of threats and, uh, racist comments is repulsive. And I don't think it's a bad fan base here, guys. Um, I've talked to a lot of local blues fans over the weekend. They're super nuts. Okay. They're, they're not, they're not jerks like that. Uh, they're an intense, uh, fan base. There's a lot of great hockey fan bases are intense. So I'm sorry that a couple of crackpots, um, are stirring things up where I think the, the blues fans are real solid hockey fans and the team the blues team is a really good team yeah and I, I think the fact that they're not tampering it down like they want that building to be amped up tonight right they want it to be raucous every time Kadri's on the ice he's getting booed and I got no issue with that I, I think that's gamesmanship and that's what they should do do we know anything though about these threats like is it on Twitter is it phone calls is it you know, I'm just imagining like cut out letters from a magazine, put on paper, delivered to the hotel. Like, what do we know about this? Do we have any more information on it? Yeah, that's a good question, James. And I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'll do some investigation on that. Like I said, we haven't had a chance to really see anybody from the team. Uh, there are Zambonis on the ice now um, and the, the abs will be out shortly. So that's, that's a great question. I don't have an answer for you only because um, like I said, it happened later in the day yesterday, and this is the first time we're going to hear from the coach and some of the players about it. So we'll we'll pass along more information uh, as it comes. Stay tuned to DMAX Twitter. He's updating everybody on any information he gets, plus all of his adventures out in St. Louis. And the entire time, these Stanley Cup playoffs will be live. DMAX, if you look ahead to this game, I know you mentioned that it's going to be probably the most physical one we're going to see of this series. What else are you expecting to see tonight from the Avalanche? I think they'll, they'll try to do what they were doing in that third period uh, against the Blues and keep it kind of a, a tight uh, matchup. I don't think they're going to they, – they, they need to avoid, you know, um, like fast break opportunities for the Blues. And, and they need to force the Blues to really create plays um, on their own, not just like break out. So I, I, I think it's going to be a very tight game. I think it's going to be a very physical game. Um, I'm anticipating – Jack Johnson will start uh, instead of Sam Girard. So I, I, I think the line would probably be Johnson and Johnson, EJ and Jack Johnson. And then you've got Bo Byram and um, uh, Manson along with Taves and McCarr. So I think that will be the D setting. I would expect Logan O'Connor to be back in. I thought he was real positive. Here's what's really interesting. Will they just start right out the gates with Linneniskog, McKinnon, and uh, Rantanen? Because they, they weren't, but he, Bednar was very quick to throw – um, uh, Landy uh, into the first line. 
So I think that's something kind of curious. I mean, he won't tell us, but but he did explain yesterday why he does it and what was his what his thinking was. So for whatever reason, he really does like that matchup against the Blues. And I think, you know what's crazy? We just haven't had a ton of production from the top guys. So how about that tonight for the Avalanche? How about the top guys, McKinnon and um, Landeskog and Branton? You know, come on, Miko. Come into the playoffs. And uh, and also, you know, I, I think he played a great game, Kale McCarr in, in, in game three. But, you know, that was kind of janky in the beginning too. So perhaps that's what we see. The Stars come out to fight at night in St. Louis. D-Mac, you well, just added some gasoline to the fire of James's argument here about Miko Rantanen. I'm ready for it. Well, we had D- we had D-Mac on when he was in Nashville, and I brought it up, and D-Mac, you laughed at me. You were like, oh, you just like to worry. You just, you know, you're never happy. They're up <laughs> 3-0, and here you are. Well, can I, can I worry now, or is it still too early? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Your views—that's legit. That's that's legit now. Um, yeah, I don't even know, uh, James. Maybe you know what his total points or Rachel what what he's actually done. But it doesn't feel like much, you know. No, you hardly see him run. on the ice, or feel um, like you see him on the ice. We're all right. Um, okay, how about that? How about the breakout start tonight is uh, Miko Rantanen, just to just to make James uncomfortable and uh, you know he, to to stir the pot there. He does have nine assists. In the postseason. Oh, well, okay. Well, there you go. So, I mean, he's, he's, third in, he's third on the team in points. So, you know, you, you forced me to look it up. But he, hadn't, he hasn't found the net <laughs> <Really>? yet. <laughs> All right. Well, perhaps, yeah, he's behind McCarr and Landy. He's tied with wow. McKinnon. I know. Go figure. Yeah, hey, maybe that's why I was laughing at James earlier, Rachel. Maybe perhaps <laughs> that was the reason right there. See, I'm smarter than I even know. Mac, <laughs> we got a question in the comments, and it says, "Why wouldn't they play Ryan Murray? He's the better match for Gerard." Well, uh, maybe they do. Um, you know, one one thing they have at their disposal is they can use Murray is completely healthy. So mm-hmm. as is Jack Johnson, as is Curtis McDermott. I mean, you've got three options there. So, hey, great question, great comment, and we shall see. Um, don't know. Hmm. Uh, you know, just Murray just hasn't played a lot lately at all. I mean, Jack Johnson was kind of more in the mix um, right up until the um, uh, the playoffs started. Whereas, you know, jeez, I can't even remember last time Murray even played in a game because of his injury and what was going on there. So I, I think that's why. Uh, but who knows? You never know. I mean, all these guys are working. They're all ready to go. They're all healthy. They can all play. So, Mac, watching you on Twitter in Nashville was – Epic. Like, that was thoroughly entertaining. So, yesterday, yeah. was it the casino, was it Top Golf, or was it the Arch? How did you fill your off day? <laughs> um, well, I kind of did everything in one day. So, yesterday was a whole lot of uh, uh, watching hockey on TV and uh, other sporting <laughs> events. I realized in a short period of time, I, James, I originally, like, I... I guess I did it all. I don't know. Who knows? I'm, I'm sure I was missing something. There was a pretty funny uh, moment. Peter Baugh, who writes for The Athletic, great guy, and he, he's from this area. And, uh, you know, the ads had the day completely off. And so we're chit-chatting be- between uh, Taze McCarr and Bednar coming in. And uh, he's telling us about Forest Park. Forest Park. How great Forest Park is. And the, it's the greatest zoo. And you got to go to the park and the zoo. And all. I mean, it's going on and on and on. And we're like, oh, okay, great. And so um, Taves is up there and 
We go, well, what are you guys doing today? And McCarr goes, I'm going to go watch hockey, which surprised nobody. And then uh, somebody goes, oh, Peter, tell uh, Devin to, to go to Forest Park. And Taves goes, I'll pass, and just walked out the door. <laughs> and we felt awful for Peter Baugh, who had just regaled us with tales of Forest Park and Taves' dismissal of I'll pass. I was like, okay. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. The arch is cool. I now know the history of the arch. I know everything about the arch. Everything with the arch is pretty cool. So um, that's, uh, that's, my, that's my comment there. I was going to say, it looks like it's a party down there, DMAC. Your tripod and your phone are having a day there. We're getting ready for tonight. Yeah, yeah. Things are getting set up around here. Sorry for the shakiness. I apologize for that. <laughs> We're live with DMAC down in St. Louis. DMAC, I know it was raining on your first day, so did the sun at least come out? Yeah, it's a beautiful day here. And listen, I've had a great time. This is a very walkable city. Um, it's, it's actually, I mean, it was it was crazy rainstorm the first night here. But I've, I've had a terrific time here. I think St. Louis is a, is a real cool city, and um, I'm happy to be here. It's a great hockey environment. It is absolutely top-notch. Put it on your bucket list in terms of watching the abs on the road. Great environment, great facility, uh, just top-notch, uh, top to bottom. So big fan of, of hockey here in St. Louis for sure. One All right, Mac. Go ahead, James. The, the, abs, the, abs, the abs can take control of the series tonight with the win, coming home for game five. What's your pick? Do they get it done? Do they basically put the uh, put the Blues away tonight, or does this thing go to two two and we're uh, in the HOV lane to a seven game series at that point? I think it's a close game, and I'll just take the Avs by a goal. But I think it's a good, tough, hard game. I'll take the Avs uh, three to two. Um, but nothing that would happen in this game would surprise me. The Blues are legit, and if the Blues can figure out a way to get past the Avalanche, they're as legit as anybody to win the Stanley Cup. I think it's a hell of a matchup, um, and gosh, if you if you get up on the Blues three one and we're we're back uh, back home on Wednesday, you know that's going to be tough to to beat the Avalanche in that scenario. So I wouldn't be surprised by anything, but I'll pick the Avs by a goal in a in a in a tough game. James, who are you picking? I'm taking the Avs. I'm taking them four one. I think Darcy Kemper's been sneaky great in this series. He really has been. So other than a few deflected. Pucks that went from a fastball to a knuckleball halfway to home plate. Like, nobody's going to be able to follow that one. Um, I, I think he's been sensational. I think he's great again tonight. So, I think the Avs, uh, I think the Avs win and send the, uh, send the Blues home fa- fans home sad, which will be great to see. I'm going 4-2. I think there will be an empty net goal at the end for the Avs. But I am taking – oh, all right. I like it. I like it. I get the finger pointing from DMAC. That means I'm on to something. I like All right, it. everyone. That's going to do it, though. DMAC, who's out there? Who can you see? I think, can you see it? We got we got as guys out there. Look at that. There, there they are. Can you see them? They're skating. It's the team. It's the Colorado Avalanche on the ice. Let's get hyped up. We're so excited for game four. As always, DMAC, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, James Merrillat, myself, and Will Peterson, we will be live immediately as the final horn sounds tonight after game four, whether it's a win or a loss. So make sure you come hang out with us for post-game live, and we'll see everybody again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Bye, everyone.